right, welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And we're back. We're back! Fairly long oh. hiatus that was mostly my fault, but also it was partially uh, somewhat my fault. Allie's fault. Uh, there was mostly it was me going to uh, to classes online and having a lot of assignments, and also us being back and forth. Some of the sickest human beings, uh, you know, outside of the hospital you could ever find. Um, We're both sick a lot. A lot. Um, and as Allie is actually, you know, someone who gets paid to use her voice, not by this, obviously, <laughs> or we'd have been doing it regularly. Hint, hint, drop some money in the tip jar. Um, do we have a tip jar? We don't have a tip jar. I thought, I thought, didn't we put a PayPal link or something up like greedy people? I don't know. Did you do that? Oh, we should if we have should totally do Hey, that. totally go to our website. Uh, maybe, Donate a dollar. Ma- maybe there'll be a PayPal link. I don't know. Probably not because I'm lazy, but something that keep other, coming back. Yeah, keep you know? coming back because maybe yeah. we, you know, I've heard that people put up like Amazon wish lists and yeah. then like people can like buy them stuff yeah i don't know how weird that is, is that weird for you guys i don't know i uh, like, i don't what, know if that's what, weird what, what do you want from amazon that i can't give you um you can't give me anything you don't have any money oh that's true <laughs> oh shoot i'm not i'm not a student anymore now i'm just unemployed <laughs> um okay um well um as you've probably guessed uh we are uh back and hopefully in business um i was gonna say uh, we're our... back and we're hard but that no, it'd be back and bad. Not back that. and bad, right? And, did you watch? You watched a lot more pornography than actual <laughs> like action movies. I if did. That's where you went through. Really sad. So um, yeah, we're back, and of course, uh, we are gonna do our thing. We we switched up uh, because it's been so long. We switched up the order, and I suggested a movie that Ali had not seen. I know that I ha- I had suggested the last one, but we wanted to get. You know, in uh, in the proper swing of things, and God knows, I don't think I could sit through and other girls just want to have fun. <laughs> so um, there wasn't I chose... the girls just want to have fun too. So I won't make you sit through it <laughs> yet. Um, <laughs> but Shannon Doherty needs that vehicle to come she back really for her comeback. Um, but um, so we actually ended up doing uh, one of the greatest action movies of all time, and definitely one of the most influential. Uh, you know, 1988's Die Hard. Yeah, I know, you know it's shocking that uh, I've never seen this movie. Yes, I I don't know anyone else who's never seen this movie. So we will only uh, only no nobody. no no we don't know anyone only no, no, nobody. No, nobody only only some sort of uh, just complete idiot would have never seen Die Hard, and we will not name names. Um, but anyway, it was uh, you know it's directed by John McTiernan and. Uh, the screenplay was by Stephen E. D'Souza and Jeb Stewart, the famous Confederate general. Yeah, um, and uh, it was it was actually based on a novel. Uh, and this this movie has a Sorry, very. This was based on. A... Oh, you don't know that you don't know the convoluted the, the convoluted history of Die Hard, do you? Mm-mm. Okay, so um, first and foremost, Die Hard is technically. Started out, it started out as a weird sequel to a movie from the late '60s called *The Detective*. Okay. Which starred Frank Sinatra, and um, <laughs> the the guy who. Sorry, wrote, my laughter there is actually not yeah, about no, you. No. It's about our dog, who's going to be yeah. making a few uh, guest right, voice yes, appearances. Right. Yes, he's just climbing in front of her. Um, I thought you were just laughing at the fact it was uh, based on a Sinatra movie, but no. That the, too. Well, no. It, it, yeah, it was a movie from 1966 called *The Detective*, <laughs> and that starred Sinatra, and. Um, <laughs> And the guy who wrote that in, in like the late seventies wrote a sequel book. Uh, I think it's ca- called. Uh, I'm gonna have to check Wikipedia for a second. Yeah, nothing lasts forever. I'm trying to do this from memory, but I have it up, so I, I can check. Uh, you know, nothing lasts forever. Basically, <laughs> have a moment that Frank Welker just like walked into our. <laughs> yeah, our dog Jesus sounds like Christ. like an angry belligerent Snoopy. Oh my god! Um, get under the covers. <clears throat> yeah, we're. Uh, oh my god. 
<laughs> I hope that showed up. Maybe, hey, Allie, Allie, I'm going to tell you this right now. I know you're not drunk, but you're acting like we've never had a dog before. He's a, Just ignore him. <laughs> he won't get under the covers. Okay, we're back. I'm sorry. Okay. You so, know, we yes. could have edited that out, but we chose not to for the raw punk rock reality of this. Um, so <laughs> We're so punk rock. Well, one of us is. Um, <laughs> the dog. So uh, basically, um, this movie was you know, going to be the sequel called I Think Nothing Lasts Forever. Mm-hmm. And because he was in the original and his contract stated so, Frank Sinatra had right of first refusal for this movie. Come on. No, seriously, it was. And uh, he he <laughs> did turn it down. I mean, I don't, think they, I don't think they expected him to do it. He was in his early 70s by this point. And so, yeah, he turned it down. Wow. And, uh, they, and then they kind of revamped the idea and said, what, maybe we can turn this into a sequel to another successful 80s action movie that we've done on this podcast before, which I mentioned on there, I think, Commando. And so Arnold Schwarzenegger was asked to do it, but he, he didn't want to do it. They make and an Arnold Schwarzenegger joke in there. I think they do, yes. And I don't know if that was a backhanded swipe at Schwarzenegger or just that it was the 80s and it was obligatory to make a Schwarzenegger joke at the time. But yeah, he basically, this movie ended up, I say basically so much, drink, I guess. Um, drink. Um, and, you, you, and you can say long story short and drink mm-hmm. and whatever. But um, if anyone can remember these things from so long ago. Um, Alexis but, is listening, our one loyal true our, fan. Our, our legion of fan. <laughs> legion of fan. Okay, so... Um, Basically, so basically, <laughs> this movie got kicked around a lot, and eventually it ended up. Uh, Bruce Willis ended up being uh, accepting the role, and this was, of course, he wasn't an action star at the time. You know, he was. I think he was just a guy moonlight. with hair. He was a guy. With, yeah, well, he had hair in the movie too. It was thinning, and you could kind of tell, as it's always been kind of thinning. But um, you know, he was. I think just the guy from Moonlighting was all that I think anyone knew him for. And I know, I know, it was all I knew him for when I saw the previews for this movie as a kid. You know, but so Bruce Willis uh, took on this role, uh, you know, and it ended up basically making his career. I mean, I can't imagine any movie. No, this was the movie. uh, Any movie, you know, making. uh, I don't, I don't, I think he would in a footnote, you know, like he would have been as big a star as the guy who played Booger in Revenge of the Nerds was for Moonlighting. Had, you know, had had this not happened, he would have been someone you probably remembered for. Or, or maybe like, maybe he'd be like, what's his name? Uh, Ian, not Ian, uh, John, whatever, that uh, played the. The DJ on Northern this is, Exposure. This is working really well John. for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing real good with you're the talk. You're good me, right now. Me do good with talking talks. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so um, basically Willis, and they didn't even really want Willis because he was a nobody, you know, really. like, And he wasn't an action star. He was like a smirky wisecracker. Yeah. Uh, which he kind of still is. is uh, well, but he was a hard, harder working smirky wisecracker in the 80s. But um, stop trying to interact with the dog. It's only going to lead to trouble. <laughs> so um, basically the movie was a massive success because it has the greatest elevator pitch in history, you know. And I think, Allie, you know, we, we try to do that, the elevator pitch for the movie game. Yeah. And I think uh, in, in lieu of a full synopsis like we always end up doing where we talk about the movie in depth about what happened in the movie mm-hmm. – I think most people have seen it. Most people kind of know what happened. And I think let's just play the game of, okay, Allie, you've been handed Die Hard, and you give it an elevator pitch. And then after after you give your elevator pitch, if I can think of a better one, I will give you my elevator pitch. Okay. We'll just each do that, and that'll be in lieu of that. And then we can go to talking about what I think really makes this movie, which is the characters. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think that's the way to do it. So um, <clears throat> a New York cop flies. This is an express elevator. A New York, shut up. A New York cop flies to California 
to be with his Fiend. family. I'm on my floor. Elevator oh my pitch. An elevator I'm pitch. Not a couple good of at sentences. This. Fine. You don't be that rude. Then you do it. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. It's like Die Hard 2, but in a building. Okay. So anyway, moving on. It's like Under Siege, but in a building. Okay. It's like Speed, but in a building. <laughs> All right. Here it is. Every man cop is in a building. Beep! We're at the floor. I didn't even finish a sentence, so no. Every man cop is in a building that is taken over by terrorists, and he is the only one who can stop them. There you go. That is an elevator pitch, Great elevator pitch. Maybe you should write mine. I just wrote yours. Thank you. Your your elevator pitch is, my husband's carrying on my podcast. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Me and the dog are going upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with him. True. Yes, he, he has almost as little employment opportunities as I do. God, <laughs> actually, a little better at this point. Um, so anyway, so uh, so all right, let's talk about the characters. Okay, should we yeah. start with the mains or should we start with the more? Uh, no, I think we. Secondaries? I think we can. I think we can just start with the mains. I think we. I think because you know our, our note taking is really terrible in this, yeah, we should uh, well. go ahead and just cheat. And uh, kind of go down the, the go down the Wikipedia list of characters, and I'll name them off, and we can talk right. about them, you know. Uh, but first, before it even goes to that, um, I am not going to give a whole bunch of trivia about it. But I would say so glad. But I would say one of the biggest characters before we go into this is Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great. Character. I mean, Nakatomi Plaza, the building under construction, which is apparently a real LA building that was under construction at the time. Um, Impressive. I. Don't remember the details, but basically, doesn't matter. It's it's got its own personality. I would like it's to say this. this is foreshadowing for a movie that he will be watching, where the, we do also run into a building that is also under construction in another major city. Ooh, ooh, foreshadowing for another. Honey, the Towering Inferno is from the seventies, and it wasn't <laughs> under construction; it was on fire. So anyway, why don't we let me finish? So it's a, it's a building that. Uh, it's a building. They are done. No, oh, okay. it's a building so under construction. It's got a personality, though. It's this very 80s upscale, ritzy building, high-tech, computerized, computerized full of these wonderful, <laughs> like, IBMs. green screen. Like, but it has touch screens, and it's got, like, it'll do everything for you. There's a, one of those throwaway 80s jokes I didn't write down, so I won't remember, you know, about it basically, like, wiping your own ass for you or whatever, uh-huh. you know, that the fake doorman uh, makes, or the real doorman might make. I can't remember, uh, before getting shot, <laughs> you know, but... Um, Basically, it's it's got this, it's got this wonderful high tech. Everything's computerized, but it's still under construction because it's you know it's owned by this Japanese Nakatomi Corporation. Uh, they've got this beautiful thirtieth floor with like a fountain. It's totally eighties out. Oh yeah, you know it uh, like just amazing it's indoor up the indoor 80s. trees yeah. and like you know just the whole night. And it's full of people doing cocaine, so it's totally the eighties. Uh, you know, and uh, I guess you know the second main character would then after that be the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> you know which um, this movie. Oh, Lenny, do, you have, do we have our, our lists I, I, ready? Because yes, I, I think we should. Ready. We can alternate. Although I think I may have I, listed more. I literally more. stopped writing them down after a while. Right, I, I wrote down for a while all the eighties things that happen in this movie. Most of these appear in the first five to ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. Uh, starting with, I will start with gun on a plane. Right. I'll say smoking in the airport. Uh, Japanese businessman. <laughs> Cassette tapes. Brie. Brie is the 80s? Brie is totally 80s. White wine and brie was a yuppie thing. Mm, okay, I didn't even uh, You were raised by yuppies. You okay. forgot. You didn't realize. The, the um, <laughs> a, uh, IBM computers. Uh, the threat of divorce. Oh, yes. Always that was 80s. A big, that was very, very 80s. 80s. Um, I have obvious coke sniffers. Yeah, Bruce Willis with hair, which Bruce we've Willis, already mentioned. Yes. That very 80s. Um, lots of guy liner going yeah. on, especially on Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman and uh, also on Ellis. Uh, yes. VHS on a limo. 
Ooh, in a limo, yes, VHS right. and a lemon. How about Evian water? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Christmas in Hollis. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the Run DMC song in the beginning. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I think those were pretty much. Yeah, oh, well, I've got oh a few no, more. no, I've got one more. I've got one big one. Um, boobs for no reason. Oh, gratuitous boobs is on my list too. No uh, also on my list, although I wrote doing glow on a desk, uh, which uh, which desk, goes with right? your uh, your uh, Rolex. Oh, you yeah. said Evian. Uh, green monitors, which I've already mentioned. We said, uh, said they're Gratuitous right there, boobs, yeah. you mentioned. Yep. Banana clips on machine guns. Oh, uh, totally. Um, a cop feeling remorse for killing a kid. That is totally dated. Uh, it's, we're not going to hear that anymore. anymore. So um, other than that, um, the other things are basically character actors that we're going to talk about. Right. So, so now we're moving into the actual cast. And we get we start with the <sighs> big cheese, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis playing John McClane. Which, by the, the way, I thought the was The New York cop, you know, world-weary yeah. T- tough streetwise, but he's not. You know, he's not a. He's not a. In this movie, he's not. He, he's not really an action hero. He's a cop. You know, I will say this about about this particular um, performance of Bruce Willis, and I have to say, I liked it. Like, I didn't dislike it. He's likable. Yeah. We like him. It's the charming he's Bruce. Willis. The charming, wisecracking Bruce Willis. My only issue was we'll come to L.A. We'll have, a, we'll have yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah. No, my issue was that. Um, I feel like he adopted his New York accent about halfway through the movie. Like, I didn't hear <laughs> one New Yorkism. Like, in, as a matter of fact, I kind of forgot that well, he was in New York. How do you know he grew up in New York? Maybe he's just in New York. Okay, ah. so then why does he just adopt the accent halfway through? Well, it's... Uh, I would have been fine with it if he had not had an accent. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, Bruce Willis, apparently, according to Wikipedia, by the way, born in... I wanted to see where he's from. Born in Germany, so oh, he okay, should well, he yeah. should have a better... You know, speaking of accents, maybe maybe he should have played uh, Hans Gruber. Well, and here's that would have been a terrible movie. Oh, my God, no. Oh, my God. Ha- he and Alan Rickman changed uh, roles. Oh, that would have been the worst. Oh, my like, God. Well, like a rep theater thing where each night they switch <laughs> roles. I <laughs> actually think that he adopted his... His uh, his New York accent after his shirt changed colors. <laughs> yeah, that's probably that's about literally the when that happened. When the that tank is... top went from white to like, supposed to be like greased up, but actually looked more like military so... green. Well, yeah, it, it was it cha- so it dark. Cha- it's like a hyper color because it just changed color. It, cha- it like he it didn't even cha- he wasn't even that dirty, but the shirt the was. Shirt, yeah, I know. It's like it, it it's like a little like oh come on. Like, yeah, it was a little if ridiculous. By the end of the movie, it was that color, but it was literally a point like two thirds of the way through the movie, it went from stark white to, to just. just yeah. But yeah, he's but anyway, he's world weary, whatever. You know, he's 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 in a marriage that's in trouble and it's largely his fault. Yes. Uh, because his wife has been very successful, you know, and she was moving to LA with a much better job, but he's staying with his and let's face it, we all know cop jobs don't pay much. Right. You know, he's stuck and, and he's a lot of, he, he's a lot a lot of, of perps. Yeah, a lot of files, a lot, a lot of perps. To, uh, to, you know, six month old bookings. You've got to, got to get, you know, got to keep the bad guys off the street. I don't know why we sound like half Stallone in that. I guess I, I, we you sound know, half Stallone. That was a. That was a half Stallone. Invite me to LA for a good day. It'd be fun. You'd be kind of a. You know, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, my, my Stallone has only gotten worse with uh, with uh, with distance. He's not only Stallone; he's like <laughs> Stallone. He's Stallone who got drunk and I had just, a stroke at the same time. I'll show my root canal today when nobody has one on. Okay, so you know we shouldn't make fun. Like half of Stallone's face is like the has nerve damage. Is like, that true? That's why he has the. 
Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, he, I'm he sorry. can only enunciate so. I think him having to enunciate so much is why, like, you know, he can if he chooses to. Stallone, I give you a lot of credit. Yeah. You've done you've done good work, sir. Yeah, anyway. yeah. No, 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 right, <clears> so, yeah. and I hear Creed's really good. You know, I don't I've know. Heard that you're not too. directly involved with it, but you're in it. And, He's hey, in it. You're in, but he didn't direct and write right, it like the Rocky stuff. Right, true. You know, anyway, but, um, so I always found I found it really interesting that John McClane is the name of this character. Now I don't know about the Sinatra thing, so this is me coming totally green out of this thing, not knowing all the rest. I of I don't think like, his character was named McClane in the in the Sinatra. But movie, I do find so it hilarious else. that the that the director is what is it McTiernan? Yeah. The and John McTiernan. Oh so yeah. John McClane. John McTiernan. Are you saying the that? Irish are all alike? I do. I yeah. am. Oh, um, also apparently other people who turned down this role. Yes. Uh, Harrison Ford. What was he thinking? Well, Harrison Ford, like Bruce Willis now, Harrison Ford has always been, ugh, do I, ugh, it sounds, that smacks of effort. That's a, there's a lot going on <laughs> that, in that. That really, no. There's a lot I have to do. And uh, Don Johnson also was asked for this role. Oh, wow, how, can you imagine how bad, Don Johnson in this movie. movie would have been like Reagan in Casablanca. Oh my God. It would have been so bad. Just so damn bad. So we are lucky we got who we got. Because I do think Bruce Willis, <clears throat> this is the perfect role for him. And I think, Unlike these, and I've I've seen the first three Die Hard movies. Although it, I, I've seen Die Hard three once, a, a, like right after it came out, so I don't remember it very well at all. Other than I know I remember liking Jeremy Irons in it, and it was also filmed a Jeremy's lot in my Iron. yeah Jeremy's Iron, and it was and like although his hair was looked ridiculous, and I remember it was also it was filmed some of the action sequences and principal photography were filmed in Charleston, where I like so I was like oh there's places I recognize, uh, but. Um, but like over the course of the Die Hard movies, and from what I hear from the later ones, he gets more and more invincible as the movies go on. Until by the most recent one, like dying hard all the time or whatever it is, uh, he's <laughs> hard all the time. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die hard. Uh, what it... Just keep dying hard. Comedy's easy. Dying is hard. <laughs> but um. He he gets more indestructible and mm. like more unfazed by like by the so end he of, becomes like, a superhero. Like he's basically almost. stopping bazookas, you yeah, know. It's like like ridiculous. by ridiculous. Whereas in this movie, he's very frail and yes. fallible. Yes, I like that. I like that. The they, movie starts him off barefoot with one gun. Like it's like being a, it's like a video game. Yeah. It, it starts him off like a Metal Gear game where he's just got the one weapon. He's got no shoes. We he's got no supplies. And he an, like he takes out a guy. And when he and the first guy he kills, he doesn't mean to kill him. Right. So here's know? the here's my opinion. So I think what happened here is that we root for an underdog. So you start oh, a yeah, you start a franchise movie. with rooting for an underdog. We already we already know that he's kind of the screw up in this in this marriage. Yeah. But we still kind of like him. He's funny. He's a little bit surly. We kind of like that. Surly and we, we kind of can. And we we are sympathetic because while she does. Cheat, yeah, I was yeah, gonna, I was going to yeah. go to that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was going to go into it more. Like, yeah. But then we. we Right. We went all sidetracky, but like she's Shocker. not blameless no. in this either. She's definitely like not thinking too much about the fact that she's doing something her husband didn't necessarily want. Right. And she's also like she's taken his kids and crossed the country and you know, he's like trying to desperately to like stay married but still like be himself. So right. and she is not using her her, her ma- she's using her maiden name and she's not real. I mean, she does have a picture of him on her desk, but she's flirting with coworkers. To she's a- not flirting with well, him. Ellis he's is flirting fl- with her. Well, Ellis is flirting with her, but she doesn't. She doesn't really like rebuff him the way you would normally see in a movie. I think the implication is he's wearing her down, and she's kind of thinking about it. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think she. He's I think nasty. Oh, he's nasty. I agree. 
But I think he's I, Bonnie to, Bedelia has way more, you know. Yeah, but this is Bonnie Bedelia with lots of 80s hair. Yeah. She's, she's probably doing the coke too. Bonnie, I got your back. I know what you were doing. The whole reason you made your na- made a name made a name is because you said it because you know the Japanese men the whole thing. I know that's like whatever, but that's what she says, and I get it. I my, get yeah, what you- my point. My point. My, but going get back, it, Bonnie. I'm we're, with we're you, not girl. up to Bonnie yet. My my point being though, in this, he's he's a flawed, yeah. lower guy. You know, he gradually builds up his abilities. But even throughout the movie, even but tw- I didn't get to finish my point. Oh well, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't get to finish mine. So I well, thought we were I thought we were taking a game of continually interrupting finish people. Finish your and point, never and then I'll anything. finish mine. Was basically is that in this movie, even as as it goes through to the very end, every injury has shows. Everything. Yes. He's, he's weak. By the end of the movie, he's weaker and more tired. Right. So he, I haven't you know. seen Die Hard 2, 3, or 10, but I will say that my opinion is in this movie, the reason that this one works, and it's the very first of this franchise, okay? So it's the right. first one that they do. And so it's we, the very so, best. Right. So far. we love an underdog, and so that they, they draw us in with this underdog story. What I think started to happen, because you were saying that he becomes this sort of invincible, like stopping bazookas, look at his bare hands or whatever it is that happens. My <clears throat> my point is that what, what starts to happen is that they, they put in, it, it starts to become like, oh, well, you come back for the for the action hero. Here, he's an, he's sort of, um, he's an, unas- like, he, yeah, sure, he's a cop, but a cop is not really a hero. He's like hero Honey, after 9-11, you dare say that? You know what I'm that? saying, though. Why do you hate our freedom? Oh, my God, shut <laughs> up. I mean, like, we, we think of them as heroes, like, like we want them to show up when bad well, things are we, happening. We, we don't really think of them as heroes. <sighs> what, can I please get a, finish a sentence? <laughs> yeah, but you just got to finish them, while I talk. We think of them as heroes, but we don't think of them in the same way, like, where he's going to be able to take out an entire terror, like, you well, know, terrorist. because movie. most cops are a lot closer to, uh, you know, Reginald Bell Johnson's character in this movie. Right. So, uh, they, so They're not, you know. Right. And, so my point yeah. is, that, sorry. So my point is that, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was moving the dog, Spark, sorry. Sparky agrees. Um, that what ends up happening is that they, they, because it became a quote unquote franchise, all of a sudden you're coming back to see how's Bruce gonna, you know, stop the bad guys right. as opposed to how is Bruce gonna get out of this. Right. And it, and it, and it also is, it is also the problem that almost all sequels have and why I, I, I think that at a certain point when Hollywood has an idea they want to reboot it to death yeah, is yeah. because you, you have to top what you did. Right. And they, unfortunately, they, from what I've gathered from the sequel, they, they instead, they, they raise the stakes artificially. Mm. You know, like in the first movie, like the stakes also include, the, like, yeah, it's, it's a single building and 30 lives. Right. You know, and in, in Die Hard 2, it's an airport. Right. In Die Hard Three, it's like part of a city, if I remember. And like, in Speed, it's a by, bus. But yeah, and 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 Keanu Reeves is great as John McClane Jr. <laughs> Actually, John McClane Jr. is a character in one of the later Die Hards, from what I hear. And like by the last one, like, he's in like Chernobyl, and it's like stolen nuclear missiles and right. things like that. You know, like like they're raising those stakes. But the stakes that mattered in Die Hard, I think, was he's trying to get his wife back. Yep. And save her life. Yes, I agree with That's you. That's very it's specific. Important. And if I'm not mistaken in Die Hard, it's been a while since I've seen Die Hard 2, but if, not, if I'm not mistaken, his wife is on one of the planes that is like, you know, in that, you know, and their marriage is still kind of on the rocks because it's like, I think supposed to be the next year, you know, like, and I, I do like this movie, they're back together, but they're they're still tenuous. Yeah, you know, like, you know that there's like, issues. Like, it's like, everything's tenuous. And by, apparently by the end of it, like, they, they end up getting Apparently, well, like, that's depressing. I think it's because Bonnie Patilla didn't want to do it anymore. 
Oh, Bonnie. By the way, thinking? both those two little adorable kids that get play that are in there, they end up coming back as adults and characters in the movies uh, later. Like uh, John McClane Jr. is in there. Like they tried to like I can't remember the actor's name, but he's like one of those guys who's all cheekbones. <laughs> Cam Gajandit or something, Cam Gajande or whatever. Uh, but um, he's one of those guys that's basically all cheekbones and and not so much acting. Uh, and, but they apparently got him in to be because they were going to try and basically turn it into a passing of the torch, but it was. You know, I, I don't think Bruce Willis is capable of passing a torch. <laughs> that would involve having a sense of generosity that I don't think Bruce Willis is capable of. No. Um, but um, so so anyway, John McClane, great leading action movie character in this movie. Yes. And I mean, he's a great archetype action hero later because it's, it's the whole one man who's resourceful going up against... Uh, an army of bad guys. And he's fun in this movie. He, like, he, he taunts Hans Gruber a lot. But, you know, he's also... He's taunting with a lot of just... In this movie, it's more like bravado. Like, he knows any second he could fail. Yeah. You know? Like well, you see those moments where he's talking with... Um, with with Al. With Al on, yeah. the, on the, you know, on the on radio. the radio, you know, and you, you know, and, you know, you see he's, <clears throat> he's falling apart. He's weak, you know, but like, I like... You know, like, but he has those great bravado moments. Like, my favorite moment in the whole movie when the elevator door opens and um, what if Carl's brother, uh, whatever his name was, uh, you know, other German name guy, his body is there. Klaus. With the, Klaus or whatever. I don't know what his name is. Heinrich or <laughs> whatever. Um, Adolf. But he has the T-shirt that says, you know, now I have a machine gun and the wrinkles hiding it. And you pull it down and it says, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. You know, like with the Santa hat on him. And that's... You know, or when he's like, you know, whenever he's like, oh, you're a cowboy, you know, and he's like, yippee kaye, motherfucker, you mm-hmm. know, like, which turns into a catchphrase throughout the movies. And like, the first time it's actually delivered in this movie, he's saying it like, like, an, like it's an offhand, resigned, like, okay, I'm a cowboy. Yeah. You know? Well, there's a callback when Hans does it back, which is But funny. Hans does the callback. Yeah. But, but in the later movies, it seems like he's just like, yippee motherfucker. It's Ugh. like his catchphrase. Ugh. It becomes almost like, you know, like, it would, it's like when, when the Terminator drops the I'll be back as a joke, but I, like, it doesn't feel as, as funny. And like, even though it's not even that funny when the Terminator drop, brings it back, you know? You know, it's, it's, but like, but he has these like great little moments and my one complaint about him is he is unable, to, and it's because of the narrative limits of movies. He's even though he's alone and being tracked by all these terrorists. Well, I'm going to put terrorists in quotes as we learn they're not really terrorists; Ow. they're thieves pretending to be terrorists because terrorism is uh, going to get them what they want. Uh, but you know those bearer bonds lock opening. But um, he is, you know, like I just forgot what I was going to say about that. But like he. He talks aloud a lot. He's like, he's yelling to himself. He's not yes. even like muttering. He's like, John, Jesus, John, you got to do it. You know, and it's like, you know, you're in an empty room under construction. That echoes like crazy. Like if, if, you know, like Gunter or Uter or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, German guy is like looking for you, he's going to find you real fast because he's going to triangulate, you know, like I, like it's, it's. It's a minor thing, and obviously it's it's the ratchet that tension. And it does get some great moments when he's like yelling out the window to the cops to like you know like note like come on you idiots yeah. you know like you know what the fuck are you doing you know yeah. like you know like it's great but it's like it's a weird moment. But uh, I think we've we, I, unless you have a little no more to say, I, think I think we're good. Gone, let's move on. Gone, let's really? move on from because uh, it's a pretty big cast. We're only I mean he's the biggest. Yeah, but, yeah, we're uh, uh, then we move on to the other reason. big the, the other biggie big. Um, we got Alan Rickman. Okay, can we just have a moment? This is the movie oh that God. made him too. This movie I... made Alan Rickman. Heart Alan Rickman. I have hearted Alan, Alan Rickman. Okay, but understand that I didn't see this movie. I saw Alan Rickman in like 
15 other movies that I fell in love with him. Movies that people didn't even know about that oh, existed. Oh, you hipster about Alan Rickman, huh? I'm a little bit of a hipster about Alan Rickman. I think yeah. he's amazing. But you know what? This was his first big break in America, I believe. I, I so, appreciate that. So I'm going to pull the hipster card on you and say, I guess I knew who Alan Rickman was before you. Little Miss Actor person. I guess so. <laughs> you know. but um, When did Closetland come out? I have no Has idea. Has to be after this, I don't right? I know what Closetland is. See, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> come and on. How many explosions winner. are in Closetland? None. How many times does Alan Rickman fall off a building? None. Yeah, we, 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 I think we know which movie wins this contest. But Alan Rickman is is great in this movie. He's great. Like this, he's so charismatic. He's so he's charming and sleazy and, and awful. understated. And, and yeah, he's 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 surprisingly understated because Alan Rickman can chew a scenery like you. Yep. Like, I mean, the second movie I saw him in was Robin and Prince of Thieves. Well, you know, and he's he's great in it as a as a ham. He's the only real reason to watch that movie, to be honest, in hindsight. But he's it great. Is Alan Rickman. Because he's because he's he's chewing the scenery and having something. And he does chew it a little bit, uh, you know, in this, you know, in Die Hard. But but he's a lot more understated than than like I remembered because it had been a while since I'd seen yeah. this. So I was like, oh yeah, he's. I mean, the only thing really goofy about this performance is the fact that he really doesn't stick to the landing on that accent either. You know, you're making fun of Bruce, but damn. Like, I'm like, you know, like, it's There's just, moments it's, where you're like... Every now, he does a sort of this thing, and then he just goes into his Alan Rickman voice for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I like the one where Potter. he... When he comes you out know? and he becomes um, the... What, Bill Clay or William... Oh, Clay. Bill Clay. That is the... That, by the way, I understand the, you know, like, you want Bruce... It looks like Bruce Willis <laughs> believes him, but he doesn't right. really... <clears throat> But a bit of that is totally like it's undercut by the fact that no one in America should fall for that as an American accent. Hi there, I'm I'm Bill Clay. That's yeah, terrible. <laughs> you know, like when he's pretending. Well, and the, and the but Dorman it is, does it's the a same great, thing. It's such a great. Well, that Dorman I think is an American actor though. Oh, is he? Yeah, I think he and is. And he's Southern. I have no idea. I, I don't even remember. I, but I'm pretty sure. I I I think he's just a broad Southern accent. Like Alan Rickman's is the broad Southern accent done by someone who's not American. It's sort of sort of like somebody trying to do the Irish accent well, and becomes and does like the lucky, the lucky charms. charms voice. Yeah. Yes, you know I'm Irish. That one. It isn't. I, nothing I, to see here. Move like, along, folks. Nothing I'm, to see here. I'm Irish. Yes, I'm Irish. <laughs> you know. Well, and and also like the thing is that so when he's doing his American accent, he's doing a Southerner <laughs> in voice, but he's hitting those R's really hard because England thinks everyone in America yeah. th- hits their R's hard, yeah. and yeah, you know, yeah, the Midwest does, but Southerners don't usually. And so he, he'd actually be doing a better Southern accent if he didn't hit the R's. Mm-hmm. I'm Henry Clay, you know? <laughs> it's like the hard R's of Henry Clay. And like a Southern would say hard R's, you yeah, know? It would, it would disappear. Bill, 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 Bill Clay. Clay. Henry Clay was an actual was, politician for the 19th century. Because it was century. William. It was William w. M. Clay. Clay. No, I have no. I said Henry Clay, but he was a guy who... Henry Clay was a contemporary of John C. Calhoun and so Daniel Webster. It's always fun Webster, when you do a podcast with uh, John history. Walter because he is a history. It's it's always fun when Allie editorializes crazy, my. Crazy man. You know, every podcast that I listen to has tangents. Only ours has Allie commenting on the fact <laughs> that I'm making a tangent. So that's that's the extra mileage that you get from us that no other podcast gets. You get so much love. Gets. You get so much M-M-I-S resentment. love. <laughs> I made a little heart gesture with my hands. And the and dog I, hated it. And the dog barked, bit, bit at it. Also, I'm going to say this to the dog. 
So Alan Rickman, just so damn great. And, he, oh and, my God. and, and though it is so super <clears throat> 80s, the iconic shot of him, and I, I spoilers for anyone who has Oh not my God, if you are not knowing about the know, spoilers um, at this for point, anyone, I'm so sorry. Anyone who's not seen I, uh, Die Hard, uh, you know, Ireland? Ireland? <laughs> I'm sure anyone who's not seen Die Hard has seen Ireland. Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but um, you know, but his iconic death scene. Oh, when yeah. He falls off the. And by the way, how perfectly 80s is it that he's all, he postpones his death by grabbing a Rolex? Dun, dun, dun. dun. Which the Rolex being signifying, you know, it's the, the gift that her company gave her. And then, you know, John McClane helps her take it off. Well, and also she, he. Uh, and her being his wife, because we, who haven't really got we, it. Yeah, well, and we'll get to the, the whole thing that happens with this. But at one point, the douchebag tells. Bonnie Bedelia, the wife, to show John her Rolex that the company yeah. gave her. And he's like, I- I'll see it later. Yeah. Oh, you will see it later. Foreshadowing. Oh, do we have uh, Chekhov's Rolex? Yes, Chekhov's Rolex. Yeah, Chekhov reference. We've done it again. It's a Chekhov, Chekhov reference, reference for me and my friend Allie, who's also my wife. <laughs> I didn't have a good rhyme there, but I did have a growling dog harmonizing. <laughs> Red Robin. Yum. <laughs> oh no, now we have to pay them for, for no, that. No, they have to pay us. We just advertise. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> it's product placement, which this movie has in spades. <laughs> oh yeah, there's product placement everywhere in this movie. Yeah. Um, I, could you stop biting me? Uh, sorry, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I think we've I think we've moved. I think we've spoken enough about Alan Rickman. Can we just I just have to have like one moment about Alan Rickman. <sighs> Alan Rickman, I love you. Okay, okay. moving on. Moving on, uh, we have uh, as. Playing Carl, the uh, the main the main henchman Carl. and and Carl Carl, Carl. playing Carl playing Carl the main henchman. Uh, uh, we have a young John Tesh. Oh no, I'm no, sorry, you're wrong. Alexander Gudinov. Yes, that guy uh, was was playing. Uh, he just looks like a ratty John Tesh. Yes, he does the whole <laughs> or time. Or perhaps a professional hockey player from the 80s. Or there's sort. not really much to say about him. He's well, just... but he's the perfect German guy with a vengeance. You know, he's blonde. He's got a mullet. Yeah. His brother, who had long blonde hair and kind of a mullet. Uh, I thought they were twins at first. Yeah, they were. Yeah, but his brother, who his brother, the first official kill by John McClane, um, who again kills him kind of by mistake. He look, he, he was just trying to restrain him, and then they fell down they a, fall flight down of a flight of stairs. You know, uh, although he gets better at killing his. Guys. Yeah, he really does. He gets <laughs> really much more a better shot, and yeah, well, pretty remorseless at it after yeah. a while. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's not much to say about him except he's just God that mullet. And you know his his role is he plays basically the he's the know, guy he's, that he's won't the, die he's the sidekick guy that won't die you know I mean, like he gets he, hung by chains he gets and hung he still by comes a chain out he gets caught in an explosion he and McLean have one of those great I love those and you, you don't see them nowadays because everyone's gotten into like the like, like wire work and like martial arts fights those great like slow white guy fights from the 80s yeah. where one guy is just holding the other guy and they're punching each other yeah they're like like each is holding the other with one hand and it's punching messy, the face of the other messy it's fight. like a, yeah it's a it's a it's a great man there's one messy fight that's better than that that i will show you in a future movie mm. um but um i think we all know uh which one that is uh for anyone who wants to put on the special sunglasses um that's a reference I, you won't get yet uh but um Oh, I thought you were making a Doctor Who reference. Oh, no, no. Dear God, no. I hate those sunglasses. I would never talk about that. Um, so, you know, like it was, you know, like, but it's a lot of like, it's like an itchy and scratchy fight where it's like they fight and bite and fight and bite. <laughs> just back and forth punching each other and, you know, like just slamming each other into pipes. And it's just, it's, 
you know, it's 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 got a oh, oh we we didn't remark on the super eighty stuff near the very beginning of the movie. You have a shot with a giant fan with light shining <gasps> through it, which is super eighty. The 80s. fan comes in later too. Oh, and the fan does come in later. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you it's know, it's always a fan in these movies that we watch. Yeah, these yeah. action movies, movies. Yeah, well, you gotta have a fan. You gotta have a fan with a bright light. Apparently, so it. does Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer and and of course SNL in the eighties when their music guest played. Yes, exactly. As we've said before, yeah. Right. This, Every time. Th- this is a good podcast. Hi, for people this is with, deja vu. Like, <laughs> no, this is a good podcast for people with like the memento disease. Where you can just, <laughs> you know, like, I've forgotten every joke they've ever made. Don't worry. We'll tell it again. We'll tell it again. Um, and they're not really even jokes, I guess. Though. We're just, they're just sort of things, <laughs> you know, that go on that we this say. This is like living in my house all the time. I hear yeah. these same commentaries all the time. I know yeah. all the Simpsons references of shows that I've probably never seen or only saw once. Oh, yeah? Really? Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah. really? Yeah. You know all of them? You know all of them? He says, trying desperately to come up with a Simpsons <laughs> reference that you don't know and not remembering anything about a show that he's seen hundreds of episodes of. Um, did you know that um, the Frank Grimes episode is better than you think it is? The Frank Grimes episode sucks balls. <laughs> See? You're wrong. I knew more about do the you Simpsons. Wanna t- do you want to talk about Catcher in the Rye? Because we can go there. No, we no. We can go not. there. No. We can not, go there. I am not talking about Catcher in the Rye, and I'm not talking about your what, your love on the prairie or whatever the hell. Whatever the <laughs> Doing that, I don't. I don't need to know what happened to Hope Ravenwood or whatever her name was. It's all good, sweetie. You're cute. Okay, so so, so we, okay, moving we on. So uh, yeah, we've got. Um, so the next one we have on this list is your beloved Bonnie Bedelia. Bonnie. And I'm before you go into this, I'm going to go ahead and make a huge confession. I know Bonnie Bedelia as the wife from the Die Hard movies, and I. Don't really. I can never remember anything else she's actually done. So when anyone, anytime anyone says her name, I'm like, oh, the wife from the Die Hard movies. Yeah. Oh, but there will be a movie we are going to watch. There will be a movie oh we are going God, to watch. Oh my God! I hope it involves special sunglasses going over, and then you can see the truth. Uh, no, there will be a movie. I, I know that's a reference to something that I don't understand. Yeah. Yet. Huh? Nah. Uh, did you guys nah. deja vu that? Did nah. you memento that? Okay. Nah. So, um, no, I like Bonnie Bedelia. She's she's that quintessential '80s. Mom, wife, person who was sort of getting ahead in the business, and I don't know. I just like her. I always, I always sort of identify with her. Um, but she most recently was in. Sorry, I was looking up uh, while you were talking. Uh, you know, I was looking up one of the character actors in this movie, and I found out he was in two movies that I love. And it turns out one of them is from the '80s. I thought I was worried it was from the early '90s, so it is on the list. <laughs> okay, so anyway, Bonnie Bedelia was recently in the show Parenthood. If you yeah, I knew she was in Parenthood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, well, you but, said uh, you didn't know she. But was. I, but I'm just saying, like, but, but uh, every time I saw her in Parenthood, I'm like, oh yeah, Bonnie Bedelia. I loved her as the wife in Die Hard. Oh my god, she's done so much. <laughs> she's done so much work. What is wrong with you? Yeah, but anyway, I know her as the wife in Die Hard. Um, I will say that I feel like she was sort of underused in this movie because I, I think uh, she's very good. And I think I, she is, and I, I, I and do this think... this is a common issue with women. I'm gotta, Oh, no, I think you're putting right. On the, putting on the boobs. I will not, yeah. Got to put on the boobs for a minute. Jesus, um, <laughs> you're, you're going to throw your back out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I know, breaking off as it is. Um, but my point is, I know that was implied. So, um, but my point... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving me the aside. I, 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 I figured you knew that. So my point, and I do have one. I do have one. Is that these '80s movies? These they wrote these women so minimally. Like they sometimes they have these like little punchy moments, or they have these things where they're kind of heroic, or they do one thing. Punch William Atherton. <laughs> right. They get to do one cool right, thing. Right, yeah. But, like, that's it. And then it's like, oh, and we're cheering for them because it's like, oh, the woman yeah. did yeah, something. I, 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 I do or, like, in this one, she actually had more because she actually got to put her maiden name in and it became yeah. this, like, oh, I'm being a Yeah, I mean, she, she, she had some 
agency in this movie. Not, but not a, lot. a lot. Not a lot of agency, but she had some. I and, do uh, yeah. like you're that right. she Bonnie was Delia. the person they went to after you know Taka, Takagi was Takagi, yeah. you know taken out but I do like that she was the next in line and that she was the one being like hey listen we've got issues here with yeah, the woman she, who's she was pregnant the, she, she, she was taking charge and she was, and she she did was it brave with, enough to walk in and just do his face say this is what's going on even you know. so, I still think she was underused, and I do oh, she was like, definitely underused. Yeah, I do like that we are starting to turn that around. Oh a yeah, bit I do think. Little, and I, I gotta I, throw I, in my favorite. Well, let's say two of the two of the biggest reboots of the year. Uh, one of which I've seen, and one one of which I haven't yet. But uh, you know, obviously, Fury Road had you know Max yes. was, Max was almost a secondary character to, to Imperator Fury. Yeah, she was amazing. And uh, you know, in in the new Star Wars, uh, the Luke character is a, a female. You know, a female. One of my Stan Lee. Uh, Females out there, but like she's a woman, like you know, like she is the hero and she's the Luke, she's the cool action hero. And our most you know? recent um, uh, um, Marvel character that just came out and became like a huge hit was the Jessica Jones character. So we're right. starting to see, yeah, we're starting to see although, a turnaround. <laughs> although Jessica Jones, not not necessarily a, a, an aspirational character per se, but you know, well, you do see her. She she's sort of amoral, but she does have heart, and you do believe yeah, that she, yeah, no, she's no, doing no, it for she's good. A well, she's a well designed character. And she doesn't want to kill. She Sometimes she's forced to do so. Right, yeah, no, no. I, and I think there's much something... Much like to be, me. Yes, much right. like you, John. Um, but, um, so, you know, but so, anyway, so I'm a big fan of Bonnie Bedelia. I do think she was underused in this movie, but I do also believe that based on other 80s movies that put the wife in there, and I literally yeah. mean like take the wife and insert her into a Things right. just so that well, there's some reason. Here, yeah. She actually had more agency than most here's a, written Here's a question. Movies. Here's a question. Question me. Let's say... We go back in time. And she had some amazing 80s hair, by the way. Oh, big 80s hair. And big shoulder pads. Yeah. Continue. Let's say we go back in time go to back 1985. Time. Yes, sir. Or possibly late 80s. Oh, my God. Are we going back to the future? No. Oh. No. It's been more than 30 years. It's too late. Uh-huh. Uh, we've passed that. Uh-huh. No. Uh, the Cubs didn't win, and we're all sad. Where's my goddamn DeLorean? Continue. Uh, well, maybe the people in Kansas City are happy. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, basically, what's here's a question. Yeah. Question me. We're in 85. 85. Maybe late 84. I don't know when it's filmed. Got it. We're shooting a little movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger where he's rescuing Alyssa Milano. Yeah. Radon Chong trips, breaks her lack of talent, and can't can't be in the movie. Yeah. And Bonnie Bedelia is cast in that role. Yeah. We say in Bonnie Bedelia has enough agency in that role. Because I feel like I feel like Radon Chong's character. Character mm, no, in Commando. She, no, I still think it's the same thing. Because look at what happens to her. She basically disappears. Like you go on the sea craft. No, you're right. And you're you right. go live, live over there. For yeah, a while. I stand corrected. And she and, basically and stands I, there I and like gonna, holds her hand. I was, and like, I was Whoa. going, I was going to reference the fact she gets to use a rocket launcher, but then I realized she shoots it, she backwards, shoots it backwards the first time. So forget it. Big, forget yeah, it. This no. is a cul-de-sac. I'm yeah, totally wrong. You're, you're totally I, wrong. I'm totally wrong. That was a. It was a hope that I could come up with a way that maybe maybe a better actress could have saved the Commando role. No, honey, right. it's cute though. It's cute okay, how you, it's so, cute how you think, and I appreciate it. And the so, women yeah, out there, I guess there's we there's not it. there's not that much more to no. say about her, you know, um, other than there's that great moment where her daughter appears on TV for a second oh. and she recognizes it, and Alan Rickman recognizes it. Her recognizes it. Realizes it, it yeah. that your last name is Gennaro. Yeah, but you. Are really a McLean, aren't you? Yeah, you know? he gets that. That's yeah. a great moment. My other favorite thing um, that happens is there. There's this moment where she, uh, where she and John are together at the beginning of the movie, and you can see that she's like happy to see him, and she's but... want, no, no, no. She wants him back, but then of course, 
in they, they can't get away from their fight. Yeah. Like the fight is still in there, which made it realistic enough for me to yeah, believe it, it, that like not only podcast. were they married, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I order. But not only are they married, but there's also this like beautiful realism realistic you know relationship issue it's not that they're coming back together i mean she even says you know make up the spare bedroom Mm -hmm. you know so you know that there's still issues going on yeah that that actually and again this is such a well-made movie like i think like it's a perfectly made action movie and but it's a well-made movie in general because you get these parts of their relationship like the fact that she uh, she asks the housekeeper to make up that bedroom, and then when she offers it to him, she immediately offers the guest bedroom. And she, but the thing is, he doesn't expect to be able to stay there at all, and he's a, and he's not going to ask because he's yeah. one too proud and too afraid, you know. And I, I like that you see this is a marriage that isn't a strong marriage. And again, as the movies show, it wasn't strong enough to survive well, numerous, you know, December apparently. December based. You know, incursions into 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 Mr. McLean's life, right? But um, so yeah, that's. But I I do think I think she is a character that would be a great character if she was given more to do. Yeah, I like agree. I don't think I think she as a character is fine. It's just she's she's light on the ground. You know, you don't get a lot of her. You know, and I understand it's not really a movie about her, but she is there, and I they could have given her more. But I think for the for in the eighties, it's about as good as you're ever going to see. Continue. So we so moving on, we get into like there is a there is a trio mm-hmm. of character actors, okay. and they're not consecutive in what I'm saying here, but there is a trio of character actors who are basically playing their part to perfection. Yes, agreed. In this movie, actually, no, no, I would say there are four character actors in this. One of which is kind of a borderline case because he has kind of a multiple character. He he does more more kinds of parts but they're all the same kind of guy mm-hmm. um but we start with in this tree and in fact you know what screw it i'm gonna put them all in a row i'm gonna skip i'm gonna flip flip a couple so we get all three in a row first of these four perfectly cast character actors to show up well not the first to show oh up. my god yes the first to tell show us up. who it is reginald Vell johnson yes he is once again playing the you know heavy set cop who's uh, kind of not like not a violent man and sort of a goofball and it's funny because he is, I mean in a lot of ways he's basically playing Carl Winslow mm-hmm. in an action movie you know like, he's a little put upon yeah he's, he's a little not, frustrated he's a desk cop it like yeah. it, 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 it you know like you and you learn why later in the movie but you know like he's not he's not an action cop no you know, action cop in color. <laughs> no, but he's not. He's not like he's not the John. He's not the John McClane running across the rooftop to bust a perp kind of guy. Right. He's the going in to pick up some Twinkies and say they're for his wife, but he's gonna have a few. He's gonna eat them all. I don't think he's gonna eat them all. His wife really is pregnant. That's true. But he's gonna eat a few. <laughs> you know, he no bought way. an extra four. Yeah, for like he bought a bunch of Twinkies and he's gonna have a few. <clears throat> you know, like it's it's the yeah, it's the honey I brought you some. No, no, yeah. no, no. You know, and you don't know anything about that. No, I don't. No. Because well, because you don't eat anything fun. So I don't, I'm, and I never like, sent you out I, for anything. I, honey, I bring you help. I have to tell you that I totally squandered my my pregnancy. Oh, you were dumb. I never sent him out like for a late night. And anything. she drove herself to the hospital. I idiot. Did. I drove myself to the hospital when I was uh, when I was uh, my my water broke. Yeah. You know. So, but but yeah. Um, That's a fun story. We'll tell that another time. <laughs> yeah. On our other podcast, the boring <laughs> stories of fun people. 
or the fun stories of boring people, That's or nice. maybe just boring stories of boring people. There we go. Anyway, uh, but yeah, like so. But he's Al. He's 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 a beat cop, but not really. He's a former beat cop yeah. who works a desk now. It's all his job's basically paperwork and filing. But somehow he he's on the street. It, yeah. Well, he's leaving work. Ah. Uh, he's on the way home. Got you know, it. So he's the closest like, to the like top. He, I think he does sort Nagato- of patrol, but Nakatomi? Nak- yeah. Nakatomi. Yeah, yeah. He gets the well, he gets the call on like right at the end of his shift and he's like he's definitely the closest. He walks out and looks at the building yeah. while he's on the radio. You know, like he but he's a guy who, you know, like he's just like, uh, whatever. Like he goes in, he's like he's the guy who comes in like whenever there's like a wellness check at a building, he's yeah, the guy you he's call. He's the guy you call. Like yeah. to make sure that like an old lady didn't die in her sleep. Oh my god. Know? Well, that's what a wellness check is. I what know, do you think wellness just, checks are? Do you think it's just, how you doing, Tony? You feeling good? I'm just here, your friendly neighbor, please. No, it's the, it's the, I don't want a doorman the, to have PTSD from seeing a corpse. You dead yet? I used to, I used to work in property management. That is what, that's a wellness check. It's basically the family's worried because grandma hasn't called them in a couple of weeks. That's what they are. I know you're depressed. Look at your sad, sad face. But no, that's what they are. I don't talk about this Let's not wellness check Nakatomi building and let's uh, move on to Oh, this. yeah. Like, thankfully at Nakatomi, we don't have to worry about any dead grandmas. No, everyone's going to be fine there. No <laughs> one gets hurt. But um, so, so he goes in. He's like the like by this point, they've already taken over the building. You know, he walks in the fake the fake uh, doorman's there. You know, they why are you sh- telling the whole story? I'm just saying they shoot the shit. He walks around, but he's so he he's not that interested. He's not that engaged. He knows this is not going to be worth it because let's face it, it's 1988. There are no terrorist act- attacks on U.S. soil right, at this point. You know, I do like that immediately upon hearing from John, he I don't know, he like forms an allegiance with him. Like he gets what's well, going he, on. Yeah, he gets it. He gets him immediately. Like he, there's something about the way he talks because Al's. It's not that Al's a bad cop. Mm-mm. We learn, of course, that Al is a cop who's basically damaged. Yeah. Because, again, like I said, jokingly, you know, like, he does. He shoots a kid by mistake. The kid was had a toy ray gun. And that was a news thing that went on in the 80s a lot. Like, yeah. like you know, like, you, you don't see it anymore. You know, now when there's kids have toy guns, they're usually bright colors. Yeah, they they're not have, allowed like, to have them look They like. don't really look a lot like real guns. But when, when I was a kid, like... Like in the, in the middle of this time period, I remember having a toy M16 that basically was indistinguishable from like the real AR-15 assault rifle that like my friend's dad had in his gun cabinet. Except like, for the weight. Except well, the weight, but the look. I'm saying the yeah. appearance, you know, and the fact that when you pulled the trigger, it went click, 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 click. It didn't, you know, make you know, like death rain out of it. <laughs> You know, but you know, like so. That's you know, our like, new action that was a film, big... Death Rain. Yeah, Death. Well, Death Rain is also my Norwegian progressive doom death metal band. I'm doom. So really quick doom? moment. No. Those those of you theater nerds out there, I learned this. Apparently, when uh, Sam Shepard's <clears throat> buried child was translated into other countries, one of the translations actually had buried child. The name of the play was actually translated into Hard Rain. And that's your theater nerdery for today. Little bit of uh, MMIS trivia. That story, had it come from me, would have been interrupted five times by Allie asking me what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> Not that I d- didn't think it, but I figured I'm going to give her the rope and see if she hangs herself or if she makes a beautiful rope angel. I made a beautiful rope angel. Yeah, and then you hung yourself with it. I did not. I didn't <laughs> hang myself with it. So, I yeah. sang a little ditty. 
So Al, so Al is the you know you know the guy who he accidentally shot a kid. Right. He's you know he's he's troubled by it. He hasn't drawn a gun since he volunteered to get off the streets. You know he didn't want you know he didn't want to be he didn't want to make another mistake like right. that. Traumatized. So you know so of course you know it being the eighties and the only way a man could reclaim his manhood is by learning to shoot people properly. Hey, you know one of the last moments of the movie is, is Special Bill Johnson blowing uh you know Carl Carl away Carl. Cut that mullet. Because <laughs> he was about to kill Actually, everybody else. That's, that's a good statement even for uh, the Carl from The Walking Dead. Cut that mullet, Carl. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Both of you. All right, next. So next in our forumvirate, as I'm going to now call oh it, of, uh, of, uh, of perfectly cast character actors, we have Paul Gleason oh, Paul as Gleason. Principal Dwayne T. Robinson. Oh, I'm seriously. sorry. Seriously. I'm sorry. Not Principal. I'm sorry. You know, detective or whatever. Sergeant? Uh, de- deputy, no, deputy chief. Whatever, deputy help, chief of police. Uh, yeah, deputy chief of police, Dwayne T. Robinson, who totally, he is 100% his principal he character is. from, uh, you know, <laughs> from uh, Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, thank you. I was about to say dazed and confused. I don't know why <laughs> I would have said that. Let me just tell you something. I really expected him to like throw up the two fingers and be like, you mess with the bull, you get the horns, McLean. It was like so obviously like the role was written for him. And and I remember thinking, like when Paul Gleason showed up, like I'm just thinking to myself, man, William Atherton would have a field day as this impotent asshole. Oh, wait, William Atherton's already in this movie. Yep. As an asshole reporter. Yep. <laughs> which is, a, which is part three of the forum for it. He, he bullies his way into the house of the McLean's home. So he is the to inciting. To the children. And he is the inciting incident in Hans Gruber realizing, therefore, that, you know, she's his wife and, like, kind of basically meaning that she almost fell off a building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Or and almost got shot. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's terrible. As as is the role that Atherton was born to play. He's I I hear he's by the way a very nice man in reality. Oh really? He's scary as shit. But he's a yeah. Like I don't want to be in a room with him. Like, and, I, and and Paul Paul Gleason also like probably a nice guy. Yeah, reality, probably. I would assume. But yeah, like but both of them are play like these like the Weasley guys who are using this for their own good. You know, Gleason is it's an ego trip. He's going to be in charge regardless. Which makes it, it, it makes it really funny because when he gets usurped by the FBI, it's hilarious. And then the FBI are even worse. Yeah. You know, and the FBI brings us to the fourth in the forum for it, Robert Davi, who I spent most of the movie with Allie going, what is his name? Robert Mondavi? Which is a line. <laughs> and we both just kept going, uh, No, that can't the, be right. The Goonies brother. The Goonies brother. He's a Fratelli brother. That's the thing is Robert Davi is, he's tenuous on this because he always get he's, he plays all sorts of characters. He plays criminals. He plays FBI guys. He played Felix Leiter in one of the worst Bond movies. You know, he's, but, but he's always kind of this Weird, arrogant, scary guy with bad skin, you know, and who can sing? Yeah, I hear he has a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> but um, but like, but in this movie, he plays Big Johnson. Big Johnson, you know, <clears throat> who the FBI ass, who like, you know, like, and, and he's great because he's such an idiot asshole, and the FBI is so like, I love that they're playing they're by the book. They're playing by the book, but like, which is so hilarious because like the book at that time was written by people who had not dealt with a terrorist attack yeah i guess not Um, so like their idea is they're going to double cross him and just strafe the building with you know helicopter fire you know like from they're basically bringing in hidden gunships you know which ends up 
costing him his own life whenever, you know, Hans Gruber has outthought him every moment of the way. Right. But the, the best part of him, his character, was that wonderful moment when he turns to Lil Johnson, who is a less famous person, uh, actor, I'm going to have to look this up, Grand L. Bush, uh, the probably the best of the Bush siblings, sorry. but... <laughs> sorry, but the man's name is Grand L. Bush. Grand L. Bush. Let's see if it's he's ever... Grand L. Bush. Bush. It's, it's a, a hotline. Oh, please, let's not ever <laughs> sing that again. Um... <laughs> He's an actor of stage, television, and major motion picture. He's according. very funny. I like him. Yeah, you know, he's great in it. He's he's great. Uh, he's in a lot of oh, he's in a lot of stuff. He looks familiar. Yeah, he's in li- he's in License to Kill, Lethal Weapon Two. He's in uh, one of the Exorcist sequels. He's in Demolition Man. Like he's in a lot of stuff. Like he looked vaguely familiar, but yeah. he's in Forrest Gump too. Oh, yeah, he plays the Black Panther leader in Forrest Gump. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, okay. but yeah, he's great. He's great in it. Yeah, he's very fun. Like you know, but like he he's not as immediately recognizable no, as no, Robert no, Dobby no. because because no. his face doesn't look like a leather couch that's been left in the sun <laughs> and like hit with, with like a guy liner on it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh yeah, or like an orange skin that's been painted flesh colored, <laughs> you know. But um, so awful. But uh, like but that moment when uh, Big Johnson says, "Ah, it reminds me of Nam," you know, and then and Little Johnson's just like. <laughs> I was in junior high, asshole. Yeah, which such is a such great a great moment. It's like even the FBI assholes don't really like each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is another great thing about this movie is everyone in a, any position of authority in this movie is an idiot. Yes. Just, just the dumbest idiot. Everyone who has any authority at all. Well, except for Hans. Hans isn't an idiot. He just well, no, no. Hans, well, but Hans, but Hans isn't really in it. Like I mean, in, in like a system of authority. Hans, Hans is the random element well, that's to, breaking the that's using the system. Tagagi is not bad either. Well, he's not bad, but he's he's, he's not efficient, and he's stupid because she tells him to not talk, and then he jumps in. Yeah. Which is stupid. Well, not only that, he basically resists giving him information. Because he's like, like, what? Just tell him what he wants, you idiot! Like, what is he gonna like? Like, you don't have to tell him that that information isn't gonna be helpful to him. Yeah, you know, just tell him that. And in the backyard, go, well, okay, idiot. Here's your information. You know, he's gonna get killed either way, though. Yeah, of course. But like, but he basically like he invites his own death. You know, he's so he's so inept. Yeah. You know, he's he invites his own death. So we've those are your those are your those are your big four. Though you know those are the guys who are just perfectly cast character actors. Just. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I cannot believe, you know how great these these character actors are cast in this movie. They're like the fact that they managed to get Paul Gleason and Atherton, who often oh play God. the same character, yeah. into, you know, their, their like perfect different and it, roles. All it made me want to do was 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 bring the Breakfast Club to the to Ghostbusters. Yes, and who doesn't? I mean, let's just bring them there, together. There was a lot of people our age that would probably actually masturbate about that. Like literally, I mean, think about their it. Own there was there were ghosts in a library. <gasps> Breakfast this Club takes place in, in a, a library. library. I mean, most of the people in the Breakfast Club's careers are ghosts now because they haven't worked in years. We are like this is a we got to bring this together. No, we don't. Paul Gleason is dead. We can't have this. Aww. We can't have nice things. Harold Ramis is dead. We can't have nice things. We can't have nice things. We can't. I'm sorry, not. guys. And, and that's enough of this podcast. This is what, no, now we're depressed kidding. and <laughs> turn it off. So yeah, we, we've right. moved through these. Let's go back to a uh, less famous character actor who, uh, just great character though. The lovable, delightful Argyle. Oh, Argyle. Devereaux White as oh, Argyle. Oh, Argyle. I what love a, Argyle. He's so because great. Argyle is a character that in any movie other than this would have been shot. Oh at my some god, point. he could have sold ice to Eskimos. Like he's the kind of guy. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that he could have. The fact that he gets. 
gets John to talk. Oh yeah, but he's yeah. I, you know, I get that, but I think I think part of it, though, I think I love about him is in most action movies, the guy who's that oblivious and who spends the entire movie in the basement that, like, right next to the van, like, owned by the, 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 the terror- evil... The, the, the robbers, really, robbers. when we get down to it. We, we can say terrorists is a shorthand. But he would have been shot in the back of the head in most movies. Yeah. Like, while, just he was, up and- while he was bopping yeah. his head to run DMC. Yeah. You know, like, he'd have been shot in the back of the head. But instead, basically, for most of the movie, he's just on the on the car phone talking to his lady friends and his guy friends and his friend friends, and he's 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 listening to hip hop. He's he's eating. He's drinking beer or champagne. What was he drinking? I don't know. Well, he's drinking something. Cognac. Well, whatever he's drinking, you know. Was it cognac big in the eighties? No, I think it was big in the seventies and then and then later in the nineties. I don't think in the eighties it was that big. Um, cocaine, cocaine. Cocaine was, was big. big in the eighties. That's right. I was the, the, the other C. The other C C word. <laughs> oh, that amused me to more ends than it should have. That's our new TV show. The other C word. <laughs> oh, that's, that's our next podcast. So, the yeah. other C word. But but Argyle is like he spends most of the movie just having a great time, and then he gets freaked out for a minute. And then he just crashes a car into the last remaining guy, bad guy to try to escape. Who, by the way, can we talk about that guy? Theo? Yeah. That's the next Theo's guy on the list. Theo's a badass. Clarence Gilliard. I Theo. loved him. Great. Like, Clarence Gilliard's one of those guys that, like, I, I know he's been in a lot of things, but I had to look it up because a lot of the things he's in are things I hadn't seen. Like, he's a he's a main character in Walker, Texas Ranger. You know, like, things like that. Like, I like I was like, why do I know his name? You know, and I, but, but I've seen him in a bunch of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, by the way, for the, for the record, before we move on, Deborah White, I, I, the piece of trivia that blew my mind about him, because I'm looking at him, I'm thinking, who does he remind me of? And I thought he was, what's his name from In Living Color, Tommy, um, I forgot, I almost said Tommy Hilfiger, that's not his name. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but he wasn't, he wasn't. He, he was on, he was Aristotle on Head of the Class, and most importantly, which blew my, he was the little kid who tried to steal the guitar from Ray Charles. In uh, in the Blues, Blues Brothers, Brothers, who get shot at. Yep. I was like, oh my god, that's where I know him from. Right. <laughs> you know. So um, yeah, but moving on, yeah, Theo Theo is great because he's he's the tech nerd and he's so full of himself and so happy with himself. And he actually like like and then, again, I love that we know a lot of the personalities of these terrorists. Yes. You know, like like we know these guys. You know, I don't remember a lot of their names, but like I could tell you, oh, there's the the down home country boy watching the thing. They're like, there's the weird long haired guy that looks kind of like Mike Myers as Wayne. Uh, you know, there's you know there's Kristoff, who's the brother of, of Carl. I remember his name. Christoph. Ah, Kristoff. Uh, there's there's the guy that the, the 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 almost almost Italian guy who's like trying to shoot up the the table. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Um, uh, and uh, the, and the, yeah, and then there's uh, the the guy who. Like the Asian guy who uh, kind of looks like he played a lot of extras in uh, like in movies about drug gangs in Chinatown, you know, like that he looked guy. like he played a lot of villains in movies like that. He's probably in Big Trouble in Little China, I, you know, like you know he's probably he's probably you know in like any of a number of like really bad Jean Claude Van Damme movies, <laughs> you know, like. But Where are we at? We are at. We have moved on to. Oh, the worst guy in history. Just the worst. A guy that makes... A, look, when there's an asshole with a beard in an 80s movie that has William Atherton, and it's not William Atherton, and somehow he's a bigger asshole than William Atherton has ever played, then you have got yourself some Hart Buckner, or whatever his name is pronounced, as Harry Ellis. Oh my God, Ellis. Ellis, the worst. The wor- he is the oh worst God. 80s guy ever. Like, literally, like, when I think 
of... He's the guy who, when you meet him, he takes his pinky finger and his index finger, he licks them, and then he fixes his eyebrows. And I literally did that You did move. that because, because podcasts are a visual medium. And look, he's the he's guy... He's that guy. He's the guy who, when you sh- go to shake his hand, he goes in a little faster than you so he can grab your hand and pinch it, the fingers backwards a little bit. Yeah. In a power move for no reason. You know, you know what I mean? Like that jerk. guy. Like he's just, and he's got that awful beard that looks like it's glued on. Yes. Like it's the wrong color. The wrong color. It's uh, like it's off. I'm sorry if you're a guy whose beard does not match your hair color. Please shave uh, it. Yeah, just stop For it. all of us. Stop it. And I'm looking at you, you're Mike doing, Love. Mike Love and your orange beard. Yes. I hate you you're so doing, much. You're doing, you're doing us a, a service if you shave that like, nastiness. Yeah, like, and yeah, he looks really, like Please. there's something about the way, like, and it's possibly the makeup job. He's just that, that thick black beard and he's got like serious guy liner going on. And he's like pancaked up in this movie it looks like he's just this and and a part of it is because he's like the first time you see him he's coming up off of doing some blow yeah and he's sweaty and twitchy and he does a good job yeah no again i'm not attacking the actor i'm attacking ellis ellis is ellis the character ellis is a degenerate scumbag you know ellis is the he gets himself shot because he's an idiot yeah he gets himself shot because he's an idiot and he endangers basically everyone in the process because up until ellis opened his big beard hole you know he like McLean was a mystery, a full on mystery. The word wasn't out there, the name like that that name wasn't out there. You know, there's no way on earth that we're gonna figure it out who he is if we're Hans Gruber. You know, and then Ellis just walks in and hands it to him like an idiot. And that and almost every piece of evidence that Gruber manages to use against for the rest of the movie is it's all Ellis. It's all Ellis. Ellis is the worst. He's the worst. Like. He's literally worse than Hans Gruber, a man who murders people. Yeah. In fact, like you watch this movie and and you watch and it's 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 funny because it's a scene that's very tense and you're like, oh god, no, 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 stop it, stop it, don't do this, you know. But as Ellis is basically signing his own death warrant, while McLean is begging him to stop signing his own death warrant. Yeah. You know, you know, you're watching that and it's like the weirdest double feeling, like this double think moment where it's like, I don't want him to do this. He's an idiot. And then but like, please kill please him. Just, God damn it, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman put Rickman a just bullet, put a bullet in, in his face. Like an idiot. Oh, jerk. Oh, you just want to stab him. You know, and then you get to someone who didn't really deserve a bullet in his face. Mr. Takagi. Oh, Takagi. Like I said, he, he screwed up. He should have he he, he he just shut up and not said anything. But, you know, but he, he, he also was trying man. to. He was trying to save the rest of the people that he kept going after. And right. Yeah. And, and he and, and and Takagi was, you know, like you know, he did help uh, hook uh, McLean up with Argyle. He did. He was very he nice. Got him, he, he got, got McLean a limo. He got him a limo because he was coming to visit like, his wife and his family. Like, yeah, what a you know, cool Takagi's guy. A good like, guy. He's a good guy. And he's played by character actor uh, James Shigeta. I think is how it's pronounced. Okay. And he's been in God like Everything. a million things. You see him and you're like, you know, oh, that I, guy. Like he's like the big the big one I, I remembered him from like was uh, besides Die Hard he's he's also in uh, God what oh Jesus I've now forgot oh there's a couple of really awful B movies I, I I actually really remember him from but he was in Flower Drum Song and a couple mm-hmm. of other like like respectable movies he's not just and you know he's he's definitely been in like every TV show you know oh my God there's at least three episodes of Simon and Simon that he's in playing different characters um so so. <laughs> Let's go back. Yeah, he's definitely played a lot of crime lords. Yeah. yeah. Not as many as, uh, why am I forgetting his name? I don't know. The best, like, James Hong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not as many as James Hong has played. But, back it uh, up because I, 
we got to be towards the end of this. Oh yeah, yeah we are. We're, we're 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 getting close to wrapping up everything. Um, you know, like as far as major characters go, like there's no there's no big ones left. The only thing I want to say about this, movie, you were wrong. By the way, you were wrong about his uh, Takagi's assistant getting killed. You thought she was going to die right away. I did. I was uh, wrong. And I thought, and, and she looks so familiar. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm really quickly going to double check that she's not who I think she is because I don't think she is. As you do that, I'm going to talk about yeah, this you one talk. little yeah, moment. Like, so I'm... so I I mean not to bring up like <laughs> we've already we've already brought up a lot of depressing things in this. I mean wellness checks. We've brought up Paul Gleason's death, like and and Harold Ramis's death. Like this has been a very sad podcast, and I'm sorry yeah. about this. Yes. But I want to say this. Um, my, my the biggest reason that this movie like took one step back because I happened to see it late in life for me, and I had a moment of like I can't suspend my disbelief and to, here just to this point is um, they they blow up a building. Granted, they blow up a floor of the building. The building's on fire, and it doesn't come like crumbling to the ground. Now I'm not saying that the what's the Nakatomi building is yeah. um, is better constructed than the World Trade Center, but I got to think that it wasn't as well <laughs> yeah. put together oh, as you, the World Trade Center. Are you going Center. into the jet fuel doesn't melt uh, Bruce Willis? I mean, seriously, <laughs> how did this building stay standing? It does not make sense to me. We didn't understand at the time. We didn't mm-hmm. understand at the time. So that was my one moment of like, mm, I think so, we know better now. So that was frustrating, uh, just as like a, a, a viewer moment. What are you looking up that you're you, so no, excited no, no, about? No, 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 no. So I should keep talking. You should keep talking. I'm going to keep vamping. Shut your face. I'm going to vamp about oh, nothing. No, we're going to, we're, we're actually going to move on. on. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to move on because um, he can't find what he's looking for. No, I know exactly what I'm for. finding. All right, so does anybody have any questions? Anyone want to call in? Yeah, no. Little- no, I'm going to tell you right now. Tracy Rayner, the one you thought was going to die. You do know who she is, right? I know the name. Why do I know the name? Um, You you, you were just like, you were like mousy girl going to get killed. She ain't nobody, right? No, I meant nobody in the movie. I didn't yeah. mean nobody is an actor. She's Betty Spaghetti. She's Betty Spaghetti. She's also in When Harry Met Sally. She's in Beaches. Oh my god! Like she's actually like been, been all around the block. Yeah, baby. She's all over the place. You, you. Betty Spaghetti. Yeah, she's Betty Spaghetti. Oh, yeah. Betty Spaghetti. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's your that's your connection for the uh, for the end. Sorry about that little uh, interlude. I just really wanted to make sure I was with the right person because there I couldn't find a picture of her like yeah. that like from that that looked right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that. We're not gonna edit that though. So I hope you enjoyed that chance to go to the restroom. <laughs> What, my singing made them go to the restroom? Oh, were you singing? I wasn't paying attention. I was singing and then I was asking questions. Honey, I was joking. People calling, oh, oh, oh. Okay. Okay, moving on. Before we do anything. Is it about the movie Die Hard? It is about the movie Die Hard. Because we, all right, well then. I'm going to serve up what you're about to do. Oh, oh, you're setting me? Because I was going to set you. Okay, Oh, well, you can set me. Okay, we're moving past the part where we talk endlessly about random character actors. To the part where we uh, start paying attention to the 800-pound gorilla in the room. It's a big one. He's big and fat. We are doing this episode in late December. Yes. And though Ali is Jewish and I, of course, worship Pan, the god of nature, uh, we uh, are aware that this movie has a reputation for being, for some, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Mazel tov. Mazel tov, indeed. And hail Santa. But... Allie, I'm going to ask you. Ask me. Would you say this is a Christmas movie? Hell no. Okay. You are arguing, you are resolved against this. No. I I think it is a movie that takes place near Christmas. I think there are Christmas references in this movie. Mm-hmm. I do not think this is a Christmas 
movie. Right. Uh, you know what? And I, I, I agree. I, I, I wanted to play devil's advocate for a moment and try and argue for it. But I think its position as, oh, it's a Christmas, you know, it's a the Christmas movie. Christmas it's the best movie. No, it's not the best Christmas movie. It's not at all. No, it is a movie. It's a movie that it does. It Christmas is necessary to its plot. Yes, I will agree with that. It is. Christmas is the reason they're getting together. There's a lot of jokes. It's a Christmas party that's kept these people afterwards. Christmas is essential to the movie. Yes. But the movie's not essential to Christmas. Actually, it could just as easily be a holiday party. It doesn't have to be a Christmas Honey, party. Honey, it was the 80s. We didn't have Jews yet. It's true. <laughs> people, I'm Kwanzaa sorry. Kwanzaa was a joke. We didn't know, have Jews. I'm sorry, my Ramadan, people. I don't even know if Ramadan took place in December then because they use an entirely lunar calendar. Yeah. That's not offset by the solar calendar. It moves throughout. There's your trivia for the day from me. Anyway. Notice the trivia is I don't know the answer, <laughs> but but you know, yeah, it, it is. It, it doesn't it doesn't have that like that whole peace on earth, goodwill towards men, renewing your faith in humanity thing. No, it has let's kill people that is and blow Christmas, up a building. That is a Christmas movie. It's a cynical movie. It's a good movie. A good I movie. like it better it's a than great mo- movie. I'm gonna watch it before I'm gonna watch most Christmas movies that Truth. I can think of. Truth, you know, but it's much like a movie like The Sound of Music that's somehow kind of considered a Christmas movie. Why? It doesn't, like, I mean, it, I guess it's got a better case than Sound of Music because it's actually about Christmas, you know? <laughs> I mean, even my favorite things as a Christmas song basically is, oh, I guess this is what you're asking, Santa, because you don't mention Christmas at all. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know? I, I, well, the war on you, Christmas being waged through movies. <laughs> what would you say is your favorite 80s Christmas movie? You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pass, I'm going to, I'm going to elect to, uh, to kick on this one. Are you? Because I think, I think you probably are going to, I don't know for a fact, but I think you're going to name probably a more traditionally Christmas yes, movie. Yes, you're correct. Because I'm, I'm going to name a slightly more unconventional Christmas movie from the 80s, but I do think it is, you know, a better Christmas movie, you know. Than, than Die Hard? Than Die Hard. Okay. So my, my, I would say that my traditional favorite Christmas movie from the 80s was A Christmas Story. Of course. I, yeah, I, mean, I figured as much. such a great movie. Probably because movie. we talked about this beforehand. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, but there were other options that no, I, I know, I know, you looked at it, yeah. No, no. I mean, Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation, was Christmas Vacation actually in the yeah, 80s? Yeah, it's in the 89. Oh, wow. I think I, so, yeah. I thought that was a 90s movie. No, I think it's 89. Oh, Vegas Vacation in the 90s then? I thought Christmas Vacation came after Vegas Vacation, but it can't have if... No, because European Vacation came after regular Vacation, then Christmas, then, then Vegas. Vegas. So Vegas is a 90s yeah, movie. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I'm almost positive that Christmas was '89. Oh, yeah, interesting. There's other movies like Prancer <laughs> or Santa Claus the Movie, which I actually uh, that's on my list for us to watch. But to be honest, I've never a, seen it. A, a, a very, uh, very famous, well-known bad movie podcast is doing that uh, one uh, this week wah, uh, that I'm a wah. fan of. And would you like, I do you want to do you want to give them a, a pitch? No, I'm. I, I they, no one needs me to say. Listen, we hate movies. If you don't listen to it, then you don't. You like should bad listen movie to We podcast. Hate Movies. It's, it's a, a great it's bad a movie. Great podcast. bad movie. Podcast. Uh, but like, I'm not. Give, I'm not here to advertise for them because they know. Everyone knows they're great. I'm, in fact, I'm fighting hard to not accidentally copy them nine times out of ten. <laughs> so of course we had to like. We're, we love we're, you. We hate movies. We love you. She doesn't really listen. I to do this. too. You don't even know their names. <laughs> you want me to write them down so you can say it and sound like you know? <laughs> You were going to say Elliot Kalen, but he's on the flop house. No, I actually, do you know what is going to come out of my mouth? Because you've been listening to Mabimba recently. So I was Mabimba? A, <laughs> Mabim Bam. Mabim my brother, Bam. my brother and me. You were going to say Griffin McElroy? They I don't even do a movie. Actually, they don't even do a movie no, this is podcast. The best part. No, this is the best 
part. This is the best part. I wasn't even going to say the name Griffin because in my brain, his name isn't Griffin. In my brain, his name is Gilbert. Gilbert McElroy. <laughs> as played by... <laughs> Famous character actor. It's played by famous character actor um, 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 Edwards. Um, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards. I'm sorry, I was laughing too hard to answer that. So, no, but anyway, so I, so maybe next year. What is wrong? Maybe with next year when we do our very next episode. <laughs> No, we're back. We're back. We're, we're back. back. We're back. We're back. We're I don't back. have. I don't have a job. I don't have a school. I don't have, have. I don't have a life. Have a I don't life. have friends. Trust me, we got plenty of time for this crap. Yeah. You know, and Allie has only tenuous connections to any of those things herself. Right. So you know, That's we're true. good. We're good. We're good. We're basically going to we be good. here. We're good. Basically. But um, but I, I you know, Santa Claus the movie that's a next year thing. Ah, you know, yeah. like like that, and that would not be my example because Jesus God, it's awful. Is it? <laughs> oh, you're not going to like it. Oh, I'm excited. Not oh, you might like it more than you might like it more than a couple of our movies, but you know, but not many of them. Okay, I'm so excited. <laughs> Yay! Hey, good news. Dudley Moore's in it. Yay! Bad news. He's really, really doing his worst. <laughs> Yay! And now, now, if you told me that, um, oh, oh, you'll have. To oh, and I, I, I think I want to say John Lithgow's in it, I, but I, I, I might, have but to I, make I can't him. remember. If it, I might be thinking of Footloose. I might have to put an, another another Dudley Moore movie on uh, on my list um, that you've probably never seen. Crazy people. No, no. Arthur no. two on the rocks. No. Arthur one on the not rocks. I've never seen Arthur one or two. I think they're both eighties, and I may have to make you watch them so you can see his lovely drunk guy. Yeah, <laughs> people say he's very funny. They do in that movie. Yeah, I, I, I think his partner, former partner in comedy, Peter Cook, is funnier in movies. Anyway, knowledge. So, so um, uh, moving on. Yeah, so, I'm just gonna make yeah. random eighties references uh, instead. Let's, let's, so yeah, but you haven't even got. What are you doing? Did you skip me? Oh, I'm sorry. We forgot to find out what your favorite. I was gonna say, like, well, Christmas time. Like, it's an unconventional movie because it's 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 set in Christmas time, but it isn't specifically a Christmas <coughs> movie, right. and it's in a genre that isn't people don't normally think of as a Christmassy genre, you know. And it stars, you know, a young brown-haired actor doing his damnedest in a bad situation, brought on by greed and craziness. And you know, mystical cultic things. Okay, they're not, they can't see you, so you, you, you. All right, I'm not really talking about Gremlins. I was trying to imply that I was talking about Gremlins, which is a better movie uh, for Christmas for me, but still not really a Christmas movie. I, of course, mean the greatest Christmas movie of all time, Cobra. And because good night, people. Uh, Toll Booth Santa is just a tiny part of the of the like. First of all, the message of peace on earth and goodwill towards oh men. My God, this movie is terrible. that Cobra has the love in Cobra's heart. The way Cobra's heart grows three sizes the day that he puts a hook through that creepy dude. Okay, so here's what I'm going to tell you people. I love you all. If you want to incite the rant out of me, let's <laughs> talk about Cobra and let's talk about Catcher in the Rye. Look, Cobra in the Rye, my new mashup is going to be... <laughs> Ooh, I should name a drink that. Ooh, you should. The Cobra in the Rye. Ooh. Ooh. Got to be bloody. <laughs> And Christmassy, because my God, that movie. A little bit of nutmeg. Tollbooth Santa, Pepsi Free. It's made of Pepsi Free. A cold pizza cut with a scissor. You have to cut it with a scissor. That's important. Muddled. (laughs) So gross. 
a cigarette oh burnt. If you're still with us. And a hairnet of a Mexican thug whose car has been pushed. Okay, so by. let's go back to our, our questions because we're, we're, I think we're nearing the end of it. Okay, yeah, definitely. Okay, okay, okay. So thank so you so much for listening. Uh, no, to I, this, I, I uh, believe I ask you the first question because no, I should. No, can't possibly oh, be. I am Can't sorry. possibly be. I have we no, have notes. I actually have the notes in front of me. This is, by the way, one day this will sell on eBay for upwards of threes of dollars. If, if I told you the, 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 the shitty piece of paper that I wrote this on, you could barely That we use it. every Every episode. every episode, it's like I can't rewrite it or type it out. No, it has to be in this crappy sharpie pen that's like got. You should you should see our recording setup right so now. So lovely right now, you guys. Okay, number one like question, pants. my friend. I know it's true. Um, John was mm. uh, Die Hard worth revisiting? Oh my god, yes. I mean, I don't think it's a Christmas movie, but I am fine with the Christmas tradition of watching it at least once a year because it's a great, great, great action movie. It has some a couple of decent sequels. Well. One really one good sequel, one eh, sequel, and I haven't seen the other two, but I hear they're not that great. But um, but the fact is, it's it's a great premise. It's been ripped off a million times. You know, like the 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 cliche in Hollywood is Die Hard on an X because it's the perfect perfect elevator pitch movie. It's got it down. You know, it's like it really it it, it spawned the whole everyman is action hero. Yeah, I don't I can't think of a movie before that. Like all the action heroes before that were like ex-military or black belt martial artists or, you know, something, you know, they, they have some sort of like crazy training. This is a movie where a guy just has the same regular training any cop would get. You know, he's in good shape. But he's in a situation where he's 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 unfamiliar with the with the area and he makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And that, that, I think, makes it, the stakes are very high. And, uh, you know, in any movie that ends with uh, Bonnie Bedelia punching William Atherton. Kind of great. How beautiful is that? And then they, they drive off in a limo. With Argyle. With Argyle and the bear. Yeah. And the weather outside is frightful. And it kind of looks like it's snowing because of all the ash. <laughs> you it's know? just, that's tasteless. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it. it's mostly not human body parts other than those two FBI agents and some and some German thieves. <laughs> okay, Allie, was this movie worth watching? Oh, hell yeah. This was a great movie. I was I enjoyed every minute of it. I mean, how do you not with Alan Rickman? Oh, it's paced and so it's well. It's paced really well. The storyline is great. I enjoyed it. There's funny moments, there's not so funny moments, there's, you know, scary tense moments. I mean, it's exactly what you want out of a great action movie. I'm shocked it's taken me this long to watch this yeah. movie, but it's almost it almost became like a joke in our in our mer- in our relationship, just when yeah. we were dating. It was like, you haven't seen Die Hard? And he would make a Die Hard joke, and I'm like, I haven't seen that movie. And he's like, you haven't seen Die Hard? It's time for me to publicly make an admission, because yeah. now that you've been outed as someone who hadn't seen Die Hard, and you've now seen it, and people, I've, I've joked about this movie numerous times because I've seen enough scenes from it to get the best references that people make. I've never seen Top Gun. That's right. Top Gun is going on the list. It's been on the list. Been on the list. Maybe we should put like the most, like the most obvious movies that. How could you not? How could you have gone through your life and not seen this? Top Gun might be our next movie. <gasps> what <gasps> foreshadowing? Might, might, might. I do like playing with the boys. <clears throat> yes, you do, baby. Now, I've seen that entire scene and we did many make times. It, and we did make an Anthony Edwards re- reference in this movie. Yes. Oh, so that's right. He was. He was a uh, goose. He was goose. He was goose. Yes. I almost said he was Iceman, but I know that's Val Kilmer. He was Goose. goose. It was a question mark. Goose. goose. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> so yes, this movie was definitely worth watching. Definitely worth a rewatch. Like I would watch yeah. this movie again for fun. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like once a year kind of thing. That'd be great. I would totally do that. Okay. So, um, go ahead. 
Okay. Well, um, I, let's let's uh, since we're, we're we're trying to restart things. God, I hope it's still up. But our website is matchmadeinspace.com. dot com. <laughs> our Twitter account that I'm going to have to reactivate to promote this. Uh, you know, now that we're back in business, is M M I S podcast or at M M I S podcast. Yeah, we still don't have a Tumblr page because you know what are we going to do? Our LinkedIn is no. Uh, no, don't even go to. <laughs> and if you want and. and Maybe I'll remember to check this. So if you want to send us a long thing, uh, our matchmadeinspace at gmail.com yes. is our um, is our, our email address. Also, I'm going to throw out the pandering moment here to ask you guys to um, not just subscribe to us on on iTunes, but please leave us reviews. Right. because uh, Now that we're back in business, yeah. uh, it, it, like that raises your profile and that gets actual listeners so that people might, you know, like... Like we're we're we are admittedly like we're attention whores and we are. Uh, if you tell us we're doing a good job with something, we'll keep doing it. We will keep doing it, and then we'll like give you, you know, shout outs like we did to Alexis earlier. Again, Alexis after the is second, great. Alexis is amazing, and we love her. And also, who, yeah. who shout, uh, Daniel Butler has uh, 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 Jazz Dracula on the old Twitters uh, has said nice things about us. Yes, um, and um, several other people. But I wait, no, who been... gave us the review? Trouble. Oh, uh, yeah, CT. Chris, uh, CT. Uh, hockey, hockey Nights CT on uh, hockey spelled with two E's, like the website HockeyNight.com, the best Chicago Blackhawks website uh, around. Yeah, uh, they're that, freaking awesome, you Because guys. they refused to talk about them whenever things went south. Yeah. <laughs> um, we won't talk about that. But, um, you know, they're, but uh, he, thank him for being so far the only person who's given us a review. So more, please. Come on, y'all. No, seriously, mean, it's not hard. I'll review your podcast. Please don't make me be Oliver and ask for, yeah, yeah. I'd like some more, please. Is that Oliver Twist? Yeah. That was David Copperfield. What is wrong with you? No, no, that was Doug there's Henning. Actually a that was Doug Henning. There's a musical. I just made a horrible <laughs> joke that you, like, you almost stepped all over my terrible dad joke. All right. Uh, uh, anyway, sorry, um, you know what? Uh, let's just, let's end just this. say this. Uh, Oh, oh, um, um, this is... <laughs> this is. <laughs> this is Match Made in Space, signing off. Adios. Okay, are we, are we going? We're, we're going. We're wow. going. Whoa, hello. We're going. Uh, we're going, we're going. We're going. Um, they have volume test and, um... Uh, dog test? Dog test. Uh, popping my peas like a pleasant person. <laughs> that, don't, don't do that. Don't. Pippity poppity poo. Don't. Don't. Don't do that. Oh my god, we're so done.